The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. And welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You could think of us as the avocado and chocolate of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and now thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who never substitutes his dairy with a berry, Josh, how are you doing this evening? I don't understand anything that you just said to me. <laughs> okay. The avocado and chocolate is a thing that people do? Oh, yeah. Avocado and chocolate are totally a thing now, especially it became very popular because uh, using an avocado is a great substitution for vegans for dairy items because mm. of the creaminess and the fat of it. So in a lot of chocolate-based, in a lot of chocolate desserts, they will substitute the dairy with avocado. That's, that's, uh, you watch a lot more cooking shows than me. I'm guessing that's why you know that, or do you do, do you practice that? I have done it before. There was that oh. one month, like a year ago that I ate vegan for a month. So I have done it, but also... I just do, yeah, like I'll, I'll watch a lot of cooking shows and stuff. But it's yeah. actually like kind of the current trendy thing. And did you know that avocados are berries? I uh, Now I figured since the the, uh, the rest of that statement. Um, yeah, I guess it's also accurate. I would never substitute my dairy with an avocado. <laughs> you know, it really isn't bad. It's I'm not just, a fan uh, of the texture. What's that? I'm not a fan of the texture. Well, right, but it's just like submit, like it's just like subbing out, like using like applesauce in like brownies or or a cake or something like that. Is it just replaces the role of like the liquid or the fat or whatever else? So it doesn't necessarily have the texture of avocado because you're mashing it up and mixing it into a batter. It just replaces like the fat. Okay, interesting. Yeah, just something you know if you ever want to try, if you ever want to you know venture down that path something you might want to check out so josh i'm gonna i'm gonna divert us a little bit this week i'm gonna i have two things i want to talk about before we get into the show if that's cool with you of course so number one interesting thing that i learned Hmm. we have a listener now who knows my wife Uh oh i know so he was messaging her and was like hey so you don't like this thing, or I heard that you don't like that thing, or like you really don't like this style of game. Oh, no. And then my wife was like, man, do I need to start listening to this podcast? And I was like, no, it's fine. Not a big deal. Everything I say is great. So Nick, I'm calling you out. Yeah. <laughs> Got to keep so, that things to yourself, sir. Yeah, don't rat out Kyle, Nick. <laughs> now, granted, I don't say anything I wouldn't say to her face. Like everything I say is actually typically conversations we've had. But, just, you know, just Nick, come on, man. Help me out here. <laughs> so that's one thing I want to bring up is that. The second yeah. thing I wanted to bring up is, Josh, do yeah. you know what feeling I experienced for the first time in a very long time recently? Oh, there's so many feelings, I could guess. I know. There are um, so many. What do you think it could be? Um, 
Oh, what's a fun one to guess? I'll let you in on a secret. It wasn't fun. Was it jealousy? No. Hate? It was, it was betrayal. Uh, <laughs> you it said recently. <laughs> so I yeah, didn't think like a few hours ago. <laughs> so for those of you who are regular listeners, you know, we typically record on a Tuesday. We're recording on a Monday this week <laughs> because Josh was like, hey, can we record on Monday? And I was like, yeah, that's totally fine. Then I come to find out the reason he wants to record on a Monday is because he wants to be on a different podcast on Tuesday. And I felt betrayed. Uh, well, don't feel betrayed. <laughs> uh, so I'll be on Fluxtapose live tomorrow. They typically record the same time we do. Um and one of their hosts is on a on a vacation break hiatus, whatever what you whatever you will. And I uh, reached out to the other host and said, if you ever need any help uh, coming up soon, let me know. I'd be happy to help out. And he just happened to ask me if I could be on this week. And I was like, well, let me ask Kyle if we can record on Monday. And then I did. And then you said yes. And then I was like, I'm in. And then I. I guess I and I didn't intentionally not tell you why. I just didn't tell you why. <laughs> and to be clear, we had a nice little Twitter go around about it. Oh, and yeah, obviously, <laughs> and obviously, we love the guys over at Flux to Post. They're amazing. Yes. But I very much cannot wait until Baby Borboni grows up and half truths start to get being told, and you conflate those to lies. <laughs> but when you do it. It's totally okay. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> so obviously that episode of Flux the Post will be live. It will already have happened by the time you're listening to this. But if you are not listening to Flux the Post, we highly encourage you to listen to them. They are absolutely wonderful. And mm. genuinely, I find to be very funny a lot of the time. Sometimes intentionally, more often than not, not intentionally. Usually not intentionally. <laughs> yeah. So with that, we will move on to the housekeeping. So thanks so much for joining us this week. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome things that Josh posts over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. As mentioned earlier, we are a proud part of the PSVG. And PSVG is on Patreon. We are thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far. So if you would like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing to us is just that you listen and maybe share what we do with someone you think might enjoy it. Speaking of Patreon, I want to give a quick shout out to all of our producers over there. Coach Hulk, Edwin Kahlo, Devin Tyus, Kevin Austin. Chris M. Bonesaw, Barry Cathcart, and Paul Calico, thank you so much for helping to support us and making all the things we do possible. And yes, we are now a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that is going to be right for you. So enough of this housekeeping and other random things. Josh, what have you been playing on your tabletop, sir? Well, what have I been playing? So I've been playing two games you've already heard me talk plenty about. Um, been playing Keyforge uh, still, uh, maintaining a healthy, we'll say play style, play time. We've been playing a lot. <laughs> um, I'm still enjoying the game very much. Uh but I still have four. I have four unopened decks that are being wait waiting to be played. Um, and then they just announced uh, the next set 
the next series of uh, Key Forge, which is also exciting because it's incorporating cards from this current set, Rise of the Archons, and adding 200 new cards. So there'll be 370 cards in the next series. And then from what I've understood, the third series will also take some cards from the first and then some from the second and then implement them into the third. So here... Uh, is my question for you about this yes. and i know this isn't the news week but I, I i find this interesting and i i saw you post that this existed but i haven't read much or done much research on it so not every card in the current set is going to be in this new one correct correct so they're adding taking a select some adding brand new ones is it intended that you can play the decks from this new set against the decks from the original set you certainly can yeah your decks are safe and uh, i think a lot of people worried that this might be the, the rotation cash, if you the cash sink that everyone was worried about like with the magic lifestyle mm -hmm. of gaming um but no you you will be able to play your current decks against the new decks um the cards that are added from this um first set will be considered um forget the name of the card it's like legends i think they are called in the new set so there'll be special cards too so they'll be easily identified but they will have different numbers than the ones that are in this series now so my number 36 won't be 36 in the new set so here's my last and final question which you may or may not know the answer to so some cards from set one and some cards from set two will be in set three yes will a card from set one have to be in set two for it to be eligible to be in set three or could a card be just in one and three i don't know that um but i would imagine you can they can just pull from anyone right um, and i'm not sure if they're using like their algorithm to do that or if they're handpicking them um so maybe they're doing that but i would imagine that it doesn't matter uh but i don't they, they haven't either they haven't announced that yet or i didn't see that yet I like to imagine Richard Garfield sitting at a table with a fire roaring and a cup of coffee or tea close to him and him like hand selecting every card yeah. that's going to move on. Well, it's not too bad now because there's only 300 something cards, but just choosing his favorite children. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. One. Well, the funny thing about Keyforge is the common, the cards that are common are equally as powerful as the rares and sometimes more so. So what makes the rares rare then? Just I'm imagining just the amount that are in the game itself. So like I have a deck that um, has four of the same character mm -hmm. in that one deck. I imagine the rares will only have one in a deck. But it would seem like then the rares should be more powerful because of that, right? Like if it's I, has to be if it's restricted, then yeah. it should in some way I don't want to say break the game, but allow you to maybe break well because i mean and that's what they typically do in magic right like mythics typically allow you to play the game in the way the game was maybe not intended to be played yeah yeah maybe i mean i haven't seen it necessarily but i don't think that the um rarity of the cards don't necessarily dictate how many you can have so mm -hmm. there could be a deck where you have two rare cards or two unique cards in the deck um i don't know that i've seen that but Typically, when you get a deck, you're going, you'll have at least a couple rares in there from different houses, um, sometimes from the same house. Um, and the Horseman, I guess, would be the example of 
like cards that are whatever is above rare. I'm trying to think of the rarity scale for a Keyforge. I know it's like uncommon, uncommon, rare, and then something else. But um, it's all about how your your deck is playing more more so than the power of the card. Like the the rares typically have um, great abilities and powers, but like some regular common cards are like. Your opponent destroys all their ember, and they can't, you know, you know, or they, or your opponent can't forge a key, or kill th- the th- three most powerful creatures on the board. Those are like common cards. Like those can be used to be very powerful. Um, so I don't, I don't know. It's just one of those things that I really enjoy about the game, and um, and the thing we talked about originally with Keyforge was like you can just buy a deck and play, and that's still true. But I really feel that want to keep getting more decks to play them because each deck is different still so like it's a different experience every time we play um so i still feel like the cash grab is still there for me um so yeah so that's interesting and we'll be keep playing every friday is the plan and maybe during the week as well i bought my buddy the um broken token insert for his keyforge starter set because i can't seem to find one um, so I lived through him and buy, and I bought him a gift. <laughs> well, there you I go. Did, I did pre-order today the um, the base um, starter set for the regular set and for the new one coming out. Gotcha. Uh, special. Special is the, is the highest. That's what it is. Special. Uh, and we played some Gloomhaven last night as well. Um, we died. That's so sad. It was terrible. Yeah, we, <laughs> we played for four hours just to die. Five right. hours. Um, we got our bots handed to us, and it was a mission where we had to defeat every enemy, not necessarily get to a part of the board, and we just couldn't handle it. It was too much. We finished what our main like, we finished what our main story, what main story we could without having to find something else. So we decided to do a side mission that we'll, we'll maybe won't do that next time. <laughs> maybe we'll level up a little bit before we go back. Um, yeah, so that was fun. We had a great time, uh, even though we lost. We're all bummed about it. And then um, on Saturday night, my wife and I sat down for our Valentine's Day because we didn't get to celebrate um, during the week because I work at night. And we played her Valentine's Day gift, which was viticulture. We each got a bottle of wine <laughs> and sat down to learn how to play a game. <laughs> Seems like a good idea. What kind of wine did you have? Well, he, I bought, she wanted a rosé, so I bought her a rosé. Mm-hmm. And then she didn't like it, so we had to switch wines. So okay. I ended up with a rosé, and she ended up with a sweet Riesling, which I really enjoyed. My, like, three sips of mine I had. <laughs> I had to relinquish it. Um, so Viticulture is a worker placement game. Um by Stonemaier Games. It's best to compare it to Stone Age or Lords of Waterdeep if you haven't uh, if you haven't played it and are familiar with those types of games. I would categorize it as heavier than both of those games, though, uh, which surprised me. Um, and I say that because there are a lot of steps to this game. Uh, reading the rule book, it was very um, overwhelming compared to the actual gameplay, like the rule book itself uh, uh, came across very heavy and like there was a lot of stuff uh, going on and that we kind of had to figure out. But I also realized like the rule book is kind of laid out weird 
Right. So you're reading phases that don't necessarily apply to like it, it, it takes you through seasons of the game you play um, um, spring, summer, fall, winter. And as the rule book reads, you read it from the seasons and it tells you what to do, but it kind of implements like sometimes a whole page of information that you don't necessarily need at that point. Right. Uh, so it was a little um, overwhelming in that, in that aspect of it. But once we got going, I think we picked it up pretty uh, quickly. We did make some mistakes, which happens the first time you play a game and when you're drinking wine. Um, <laughs> uh, but basically you are um, in charge of your own vineyard and you have on your board, you have um, a tasting room, you have um, buildings you build to cultivate grapes and to make wine. Um, and that, that's this is all things you're controlling in front of you, but there's also a main board and that's where you'll be placing workers. When you start the game, uh, I thought this was kind of funny that each player picks a mama and a papa. From the, they're called the mamas and the papas, and they the mother gives you cards to start the game with, and the father gives you workers, uh, and sometimes they give you special abilities. Um, and the, well, and the father gives you an oversized worker as well. Um, and these cards you have green as to is our vines, so different types of wine uh yellow cards are summer cards which are summer visitors you have purple cards which are um we'll call them order cards like it's like um placing an order for wine how to make wine and blue cards are winter visitor cards uh so they also do things when they show up so visitors typically give you things when they come to your vineyard or give you shortcuts to build things um etc uh, basically, they're helping you do things in the game. Um, and what you do is, uh, as as you start with your workers, you will be occupying spaces on the board to fulfill um, whatever that is. So uh, on the summer side, which is where you start, there's yellow uh, ovals on the board in front of different buildings. Those are only summer ones. The winter ones are blue ovals. You play those in the winter. And what you're doing is you're moving people to these ovals and one might be um, to plant a vine, to to grow Sauvignon Blanc grapes or Merlot grapes. And you would move to your, your person to that location. And in a two-player game, uh, you can only occupy one spot. And if that spot is taken, that means the other player can't put their piece there on that turn unless they use their one oversized worker. Um, and they only get to use that once per year. A full turn is a year. And you would grow those grapes. So without going through the whole gameplay, the steps of doing this are you grow grapes, then you pick them off the vines, which you keep. The vines don't go away. And then after you pick your grapes, then you can eventually make wine. And then after you make wine, you then fulfill orders for wine. So essentially, these are the steps that you're doing with a lot of other things you can do um, during the gameplay to ultimately get victory points by selling wine, um, having visitors come to your, your, on your tours, playing cards. Um, and once someone hits 20 victory points, it starts the last year of the game. You finish out the current year. So someone can essentially catch up or surpass 20. Um, it caps at 25, but you can still add more to that at the end. 
Um, I really uh, enjoyed it, but I ended up winning on it. And it's because I skipped a whole step, not realizing that instead of making the wine and selling it, I just made the wine and thought that that was me fulfilling my card. Oh, gotcha. And then at that point, we, it was too late. Like, so we just kind of like called it and it was, it was late too. So um, I look forward to playing it again because we know the rules now. Mm-hmm. It'd be a lot easier to play and, and maybe I'll have one glass of wine instead of three uh, <laughs> the next time we play, or maybe no wine. Um, <clears throat> Cause it is, it, it's a lot heavier than I expected it to be. So um, that's good. I enjoyed that aspect of it, but uh, it was surprising, but uh, another great worker placement game. Um, and I think it's it's a nice next step up because a lot of worker placement games, at least like Stone Age and Lords of Waterdeep, they're pretty similar minus the theme. So this adds a, a little bit extra to it. So I like that. Have you played Viticulture? Uh, I have Viticulture. I have read the rules, but I have not played the game yet. Gotcha. Because you have, okay, because there's multiple editions of Viticulture. Do you have the yeah. one that came with like some of the expansions in it? I have the essential edition. So Which, I think that comes yeah. with Tuscany or something like that, or one of the expansions. I'm not sure. Right. It's confusing because there's a couple of them out there. Right. Because that is the one that I have as well. And I think it comes with some expansions, but not all expansions or something like that. I don't remember. Yeah, you can buy. It's funny because I tweeted at Stonemeyer before I bought it, and they were like, "There's only one version of this game you can buy." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> that's not technically true." <laughs> well, I think there's only one that they make now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's not helping me as a consumer trying to figure out which one <laughs> I'm trying to buy. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's yeah. all my board games. What about you? I see a big giant TBD on here. <laughs> yeah, so I played no board games this week, but that's for a very specific reason that I'm going to talk about a little bit later. Hmm. Um, and this will be the only week that that happened. Well, I know it's happened in the past, but like for the, foreseeable, for the foreseeable future, that will be the only week. But I made a I made a choice in how I was going to spend my time. And I'm going to talk about that choice in a little bit. But that choice resulted in me not playing any board games this week because this other choice took a lot of hours, but it was well worth it. So I'll talk about that in a little bit. OK, we're not robots. I mean, we can't do all these things. Even every other week, it's tough. It does. It does. So but speaking of which. Uh, video games, or what have you been playing on your television? Mm, well, it's been an interesting week, or the last week was interesting. I mean, we've been playing Apex Legends, mm-hmm. um, which I'm still loving it a lot, even though yes. we played with Coach Mo and we did terribly every game. <laughs> that did go pretty rough. That was only, our, I think that was our only like fluky play, though. I think we've been pretty good mm-hmm. um, every other play. Um, so, you know, I mean, what can I say about Apex Legends? It's like a great surprise battle royale game that i enjoy like that's awesome um and then i pulled the trigger on two games over the past week that i didn't think i was going to but i did uh so i started far cry new dawn when you say started how far into it are you um because i started late at night after work i just wanted to play until i got to a save point so i just did the opening until you get back to hope county um, Hope County, thank you. Um, so I played a, I played a, uh, um, what was it like forty minutes maybe? Right. So I played about forty minutes. Uh, I had, pl- I had planned on playing more, but oh, you'll see why I didn't play more. Um, uh, it looks stunning. Um, this shouldn't surprise me because I think I said the same thing about Far Cry Five, um, that it was stunning when I saw it, but it really did catch me by surprise how gorgeous it looked mm-hmm. um and 
it, it just felt good again. Like I felt like I didn't miss a step, like riding a bike, if you will. Um, and I, I was afraid I might've had Far Cry 5, like um, jet lag isn't the word, but you know what I mean when I say it. Like, you played a lot of Far Cry in the last year. I played a lot of Far Cry and I thought that maybe I was not going to want to get into this game because of how much I played, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm really itching to get back into it. Um, yeah, uh, it was fun. It was great feels good um and then i you know i i downloaded my anthem because uh, i have ea access and you know this was like i said to myself when kyle and i talk about what games we're gonna get and we're both like on the fence on anthem and i said like i think like this trial will really tell me if i feel like it's a game i can play solo because that's my big concern and uh, i feel like it's a game that um, I didn't love the demo, uh, beta demo and demo beta. So we were going to see, and uh, I, I booted up Anthem, and I did the intro mission, um, and it was great. And then I did the first mission after the intro mission, and it was great. And then I just kept doing missions, and it was great. And I, I didn't feel everyone that I was teamed up with was participating. And I didn't need to use voice chat, which is something that I don't want to be forced to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so unless we're playing with people we know, I don't really pr- like to have voice chat because people are generally evil, bad people <laughs> <laughs> online, at least. Um, so I didn't feel like that hindered me by not talking to people. A couple of times people dropped out or maybe crashed out because I did have um, two crashes later. But I played so much of Anthem that I'm, I think I have one hour left on my trial. I think I did nine hours so far of Anthem. Um, I should have stopped because I bought Anthem <laughs> after I did that. And I bought the the, the big version of it for us. Um, oh, really? Yeah. And So can you just play it now? No, it's okay. not. That's the Origins edition. That's the PC version one. Like, that's like $120, I think. The thing I don't understand, and I, this is not a knock on EA Access as a program because I think the, the service is pretty sweet. It, I, I find it odd that they're like, okay, you can play this game early for up to 10 hours, but then if you've bought it, they don't let you keep playing. Yeah. That just seems really <laughs> odd to me, right? Like, clearly you could keep playing. Like, you have purchased the game. It yeah. just is so weird that they're like, oh, you haven't bought it, so you can't play anymore, even though yeah, you own it. Now you have to wait. <laughs> you gotta wait. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm having a great time. I unlocked my second uh, javelin, so I hit level eight. What uh, javelins did you unlock? So I started with um, the regular one, the ranger. Yep. The one you start with. And, the, and, and then I unlocked the interceptor. Okay. That's my second one. Um because those are the ones I played in the in the beta. Mm-hmm. I did get I did try the Colossus. He's just not for me because he's a little too sluggish. Mm-hmm. Um, but I totally see the appeal of. I think every team should have a Colossus because his shield is awesome. He's a beast, and like um, it's just not my playstyle, which is fine. And I, the Interceptor might not be my playstyle either. I only use it a little bit in the demo. Um, it's definitely fast, but um, uh, it's more like even though you have guns, it's very melee focused. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stuff going on in this game where it would be helpful to have it for moments, but right overall, you don't want to be in the middle of getting attacked all the time, especially when it has low armor. 
Right. So have you read any of the reviews in progress? Because they're all in progress right now. Have you read any of the reviews in progress for it? I haven't looked at any reviews. Gotcha. Have you? I have I've perused a few of them. And granted, there's a ton more out there than the ones I've looked at. Uh, most of those I've looked at, though, are either lukewarm yeah. or very cautiously optimistic, but they don't have anywhere near. They say they don't have anywhere near enough information because they don't know what Endgame is going to be like. Right. It's so early. So, yeah, I'm just surprised because like everyone I know who has played it is very high on it. Yeah. Whereas everyone, but most of the reviews I read are very, and I don't know if they're maybe people were like, oh, you, and not that people would do this or that professional reviewers would do this, but like people were so high on Destiny. And then everyone was like, but there's nothing here. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know if there's yeah. like a, oh, we want to make sure we don't put too much out there about how it is, or maybe they really just, don't think it's as great as the people who are playing it do. Because like I said, everyone I know who is playing it through, you know, whether that's their 10 hour trial or whatever has really enjoyed it. So I'm just surprised that the reviews I've read have been so uh, tempted on it. Like I said, that doesn't mean they don't think it's good. They sure. just don't think it's great. Yeah. I mean, I get that. Like um, I was going to make a comparison to destiny um, and maybe people are feeling the same way. Maybe reviewers are, but like I've, I would have rated Destiny way higher than it did when it came out, both of them. Mm-hmm. But that's just because of my enjoyment. Um, when people are reviewing games, obviously story is an important factor for them to consider. Um, and for me, Anthem is very similar to Destiny, where it's not hitting the story beats for me. So I'm not, I haven't grasped anything to the story. Like it's not enthralling. It's just kind of, for me, it's something that's there, but it's in the background. Right. So when I play, I'm going to talk to people not because I want to hear what they have to say. I'm doing it for progression. Right. And like I go talk to someone, it opens up another text chat window where you can interact with the left or right trigger. And then I get like um, points. Mm-hmm. And that levels my, um, I forget the name of the t- type of points, but it levels like my guy up a little bit. And then I get other things. So like, if you ask me what my, the story is right now through the game that I'm playing, I'm a freelancer and people don't care one way or the other about freelancers. They are fine. They're right. mercenaries. My guy is fine with being a freelancer. He's just doing things for people. He doesn't care as long as he's getting paid. And that's pretty much it. There, any other story that they have told, I have not grasped onto. Is he like a... I- are these like witchers He's that like, are Iron Man's? Yeah, it's like either a witchers or like if Han Solo did things like this gotcha. <laughs> before, uh, like before how we know him. Um, gotcha. So like it's I'm just like if this was if I played the the early access and I was very if if story was important to me I probably wouldn't have bought this game. Mm-hmm. If like I was like I hope Anthem story is awesome. It might still be like Devin. Tyus, he loves Destiny and Destiny 2's Grimoire. Like, he loves the story because you had to go out of your way to learn about the story. Mm-hmm. It's there. People say there's no story in Destiny. It's there, but it was never important to me. Like, I didn't feel like I needed the story to enjoy the game. And Should I feel get, like that's what Anthem is. Is now the appropriate time to get in the whole story versus lore debate? We could. We uh, could. Yeah, I guess that would be the difference, right? Because like Grimoire's lore and yeah. story. Yeah, you're right. There's a there is a difference. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So uh, other than that, I mean, there could be a point where um, the story does change for me. I mean, the bad guy is pretty cool. I didn't know that there was going to be like a main antagonist. So I think that that's cool that there is one. Um, so yeah, I'm enjoying it a lot and uh, I got to try to play a lot of Far Cry this week before Friday when Anthem is out. <laughs> so here's the amazing thing. I've played more Far Cry than you have. That's yeah, that is. Yeah. Uh, I'm not super far into it, so I'm not going to talk about it. I know obviously the game's pretty short because I think Donnie beat it already. Donnie beat it. Yeah. So I, I, apparently it is pretty short. Uh, I am farther than you are, not significantly farther than you are. I've gotten like one companion and then got, you know, doing some other random running around. Well, I should say one additional companion and running around doing some other random things. But they have, you know, a lot of the stuff is really similar to what you did in Far Cry 5. But they have like, oh, if you like and I maybe I misheard what they told me to do. I don't remember. I don't know exactly. But they have like the supply trucks that you can get. And Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, if you steal the supply trucks, like. You know, you can if you bring it back. I thought they said like if you bring it back, like you did in Far Cry Five, you got like extra points for it, right? So I still I got this delivery truck because I shot a whirling saw blade of death into the <laughs> cab and got the driver. And then, oh, speaking of which, the, those saw blades, you gotta yeah. be careful because if you have they people bounce. who are like holding up other people, like they'll bounce and kill civilians, and that's yeah. really bad. Um, <laughs> but anyway. So then I get the <laughs> get the truck and I drive up to the compound and like there's no like place for me to bring it. So I was like, well, maybe maybe I did this too early. Like maybe I'm supposed to have someplace else because they said that if you unlock like safe houses or bring it back to like where we are is what I thought they had said. So I drove the truck back there. No place for me to pull it in that I can find. So I'm like driving around the compound, but behind it is like this really steep hill. So <laughs> I have a stolen truck that I have put in the bottom of the lake back there. <laughs> because <laughs> i was like oh this isn't gonna work so i just drove it right to the bottom of the lake so i'm thinking maybe one day i'll go back to see if it's still there and see if i can get it out because that might just be a fun thing to try to do um but yeah so that's far that's all of the further i got in far cry and then i quit playing um but the game i do want to play talk about very briefly is i have been playing a lot of apex legends which i know we've talked about a couple times but this is probably going to be like my definitive like this is how i feel about this game unless something drastically changes review of it because i've been playing it a bit on Xbox, but a lot on PlayStation as well. And oddly enough, my stats on Xbox way better than they are on PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> like not even close. But uh, yeah, so I really like Apex Legends. I don't enjoy as a general battle royales, though I have played Tetris 99 a little <laughs> bit, and I don't haven't played it enough to definitively talk about that yet either. I keep finishing in like seventh place in Tetris That's 99, good. like over and over. Like I get like top ten but I can't crack the top five. So that's about my Tetris skills, apparently. But anyway, oh, I also don't really know how to like target people in Tetris 99 either, because apparently like you can pick like where your lines go and how to, but I have no idea how to do that because the game doesn't tell you, but (laughs) apparently you can. Anyway, so Apex Legends, I am like on the cusp of this being like my game of like the game that when it comes to multiplayer games, that maybe I'm not playing Overwatch as much. Like this game is like right, right there for me. But there's one thing that is preventing that from happening. And that is like too often. And this doesn't happen to me in Overwatch very often. And maybe the more I play Apex Legends, like I'll just understand how the systems work better. Too often I get into situations where like I don't win a a shootout and I feel like I got hosed. Like I feel like, no, I should have won said shootout. Uh Like I don't understand like the cut like because obviously like when they have armor and like the colors pop so you know what like type of armor they're wearing like 
I, I am finishing games where I'm like, I'll have like, I played a game last night where I did like, we were fighting this other group of three and we were in this really tight hallway. And the only way to get out was like through this hallway because of the ring coming in. So we couldn't go back out and around. So my team was like, well, let's just push it. Let's see what happens. I knocked down both of the other people on the other team. And like, I swore I had this other dude just toast it. Like I thought I had it. And like, and they were the only people we fought. And like when it ended, I had done like 360 damage. And it, but I was like, well, how did that dude not die then? Like, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand how that <laughs> happened. Like, I don't get it. Like, there was no time for them to recharge or do health or anything. Like, we were in this hallway fighting each other. And I was just like, I don't understand how I didn't knock that third guy and and finish off everything. Because my two teammates went got downed, which they were doing damage too. So I just don't understand. I don't get how it works sometimes. <laughs> so that, I think, is the thing that's frustrating. Is I like looked at it and I was like, why? How? I don't understand how that didn't work. But that's why I really like this game. Because it really scratches that, like, one more time. One more time. One more time. Like, I just want to keep going in and and trying to do better. Now, in general, if I can land and have 30 seconds to, like, get my wits about me and get a gun and things like that, things go great. There have been many times where I've dropped in and I'm like, well, I have a grenade and a barrel stabilizer and a scope. And I have, like, <laughs> charge cells for a shield that I don't have. Yeah. And then there's people there. And it's like, oh, great. And I feel like that happens way more than it ever really happened to me, like in Fortnite or anything like that. And I think it's just because of how quick you actually the traversal is in getting from point A to point B. And you're like, oh, that team is dropping way over there, but it's really not that far. And that they can, if they pick up something good, it can be on top of you very, very quickly. So I'm really enjoying my time with it. I have yet to get first place. I don't know, remember if I talked about it on this podcast or not, but I had a streak of second, second, third, second, second. Nice. And that was really frustrating because <laughs> like just couldn't close the deal. Uh, no, I think I talked about it in the Discord that I had that string. Last night I played for a little bit and got second three times in a row. Uh, just can't seal the deal. But I'm really enjoying my time with it. I think the game feels really good. I think I've gotten to the point where I know what weapons I like. I, have, I know where I like to drop. I know kind of how everything works. Overall, I'm not a huge fan of the map. Yeah. I I don't really like the map all that much. I feel like I don't know what it is. Like I like the verticality, that there's a lot of verticality in it, but I just don't feel like a lot of the weapons allow for the how to the design of the map is. Like cuz at the end you kind of are like, okay, like wingman shotgun or something or something else if you're not comfortable with the wingman. But like that's kind of what you want. But like right. that doesn't really work well in super if you're in a if it ends in a really vertical area. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of just my thoughts on Apex Legends. I really enjoy it. I think it is a smash hit. I think the prices for skins are a little ridiculous. Crazy. Like a weapon skins like 10 bucks, right? 10 bucks. Like that's yeah. a lot. It's insane. Um, for and- their sale. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so that's a little bit of a of a stretch for me, but I get it's free to play and I'm having fun with it. So I will probably, if I continue to play it, I will probably give them some money in some way. But I don't know if I want to. I like. I wish I could give them money in a different way. Just wait for the battle pass. That's what you need to do. That's actually maybe that's just what I'll do. Is I'll wait until March when that's coming out and I'll do yeah, that. Yeah. So anyway, okay. So now to talk about and this will transition us into the topic of the show. The reason I did not play board games this week is I had a choice. I could either A, play board games, or B, something that is very near and dear to my heart started this week, and that is the Overwatch League. Mm -hmm. So the Overwatch Mm -hmm. League came back, and they played Thursday through Sunday, 
Eight expansion teams join the league, so there's now 20 teams total. Playing four games a day, basically starting at like, excuse me, uh, you know, like 6 p.m., running to like midnight on Thursday and Friday. And then on Saturday and Sunday, it was like four to 10 or something like that. Wow. So really taking a lot of my gaming time. Also, because my wife is still playing Kingdom Hearts like crazy. <laughs> so She's really trying to get that platinum trophy. Oh, she's working hard on it. Um, but so that took a lot of my time. And I'm going to give a very brief recap. And I'm going to hope people indulge me in this of this of week one of the overwatch league okay josh i want you to see if you can follow all of this with me even though it might not make sense for you okay the san francisco shock beat the dallas fuel okay okay the la gladiators beat the san francisco shock okay okay the soul dynasty beat the la gladiators okay and the dallas fuel <laughs> beat the soul dynasty so right. which of those teams is it the best team of those of that group? Well, you can't say necessarily. You can just say who beat the last team to beat the last team. <laughs> and that is the beauty of the first week of the Overwatch League. Because, like I said, like, man, trying to do the math on, like, who's the best team now? Like, everyone is just beating everyone. And granted, there are some teams that are 2-0. There's some teams that only played once this week. Um, obviously, with the number of matches and the number of teams they are, not every team gets to play twice each week. But it was a really exciting first week of matches. I think that, you know, overall, there was a big concern that the meta was going to be very focused around uh, a very specific team comp called GOATS. And GOATS definitely was played the most of any of the team comps, but also was shown to not be the only viable comp. Uh, It was really nice to see Dallas get absolutely rolled by the San Francisco Shock. That's not what the nice part was. They got absolutely rolled by the San Francisco Shock in their first game and then came back and beat, you know, the Seoul Dynasty, who had looked amazing in their first match. And, you know, really just seeing that team who has a lot of lovers and a lot of haters uh, kind of put the, everything aside and come back and just perform in a lot of ways really amazingly. It was just a really, really good week of games. And if you enjoy esports or the idea of esports, I think what they're doing with the Overwatch League is really special. They're definitely detractors. There are definitely people who, you know, think that watching Overwatch is more fun than playing Overwatch. And right now it might be. Uh, The meta is not super engaging if you're not into playing tanks or supports right now. Like if you're a DPS player, it's kind of a a lonely place to be because they're not getting a lot of love right now. But if you are, if at all have any interest in seeing people play a video game at like the top tier level of really just being able to understand the complexity and the knowledge and the ins and outs of how a game works. Overwatch League is just really a really cool thing to watch. And the more you watch and the more you understand it, seeing like the the plays that they do and how they do things and like the setups that they have and the things that like just are kind of mind blowing that they put this much work and there's this much nuance. It's not just a whole bunch of people running and shooting at each other. Like the right. ways that they put the like the strategies that they have, the plays that they put together you know, almost like, you know, in football that they'll like, they'll say a word because these people are from all over the world playing on a team. They'll just say one word. And that's like basically calling a play like that is what they're going to do on this attack or this defense. And this is how they're going to handle it. And that's how they're going to try to execute it. And it's just it's really, really cool. They have a thing. This They have like their command center. You, if you buy an all access pass for $15, which I did, uh, they have a command center. And the cool thing about the command center is you can Instead of watching just the main stream, you can actually watch the stream from every individual player's point of view. 
So you can choose, like, if you are, like, a support player, like, you can pick, like, oh, I really like X support player and just watch their stream for the entire game to see exactly yeah. what they're doing, which is, I think, really cool. And it's awesome that, and I think the re- the thing that made me really appreciate this is there's one particular play that was happening where I was watching, because I tend to play support, I was watching the support Lucio player, and um, the team, the other team had moved up onto this high platform and then the commentators were like, oh, there's some miscommunication. You know, this other this player fell down and now they're swarming him. But the Lucio player actually booped him off that player off of the high the high ground so that his team could swarm him and take him out. Oh, nice. But the announcers were like, oh, yeah, there was obviously miscommunications because he went before before everyone was ready. And I was like, no. Jexay booped him. That was awesome. That was so good. Like, and it's just is really cool that you get like these perspectives of the game that you know ne- you wouldn't normally get, but just by watching the mainstream. So anyway, that's my rant about Overwatch League. It was a really really good first week. I hope that even with playing what is by by many considered to be a stale meta, um, if they can keep playing like they are, um, I think it could still be a really good first few weeks until a new patch comes through and we get an updated meta. So Overwatch League, highly recommended. Nice. All right. So, but with that, I promise I'll play board games this week. It'll be great. I'll just have Overwatch League on in the background while I'm playing board (laughs) games. So speaking of Overwatch League, moving on to our topic of the uh, topic of the show, uh, season two did kick off back on February fourteenth, and while battle royal, the battle royal genre is definitely more popular right now, there is no doubt Blizzard has done a pretty remarkable job with the Overwatch League itself. Granted, like I said, the current meta isn't going to be the most exciting for a lot of people, but the matches that just happened this last week were really fun, really competitive, and a good representation of high level Overwatch. And while esports have been pretty popular, competitive tabletop gaming doesn't have quite the same following. Sure, Magic and other CCGs will get like decent viewing on Twitch, along with like classic games like Chess and Go. But as a whole, there's not a lot of eyes or participation right now for high-level board game tournaments. So Josh and I are going to attempt to change all of that tonight. Yeah, and we are <laughs> going to discuss how to potentially create a competitive tabletop league and share all of those amazing details with you. So, Josh, when you read the show notes and we're mm. like, we're going to talk about trying to create a competitive tabletop league. Yeah. What were the first things that went through your mind? Was it like, wow, why is Kyle doing this? It was like, um, maybe not. It was like, wow, that was first. And then I was like, how? <laughs> uh, and no. <laughs> uh i mean i don't i mean i agree with everything you said and and um like when you go to conventions they they certainly do have um like board game tournaments but very specific games and i think what you lose is um um i'm trying to think of the right word for it you don't you you're not getting new people into your tournaments because people don't want to go into a tournament and play a game that they're going to play a expert at or a professional right. like you can't just walk into this tournament and just try to have fun and that's another problem with tournaments they're not always fun and i think that's an important part to having tournaments have you ever played in any gaming tournament no because i have no desire to put any of that pressure I, that that removes why i enjoy games 
Oh, okay. Like my buddy has been going to Keyforge tournaments the past two weekends because they, they mm-hmm. just started in our area. Uh, <clears throat> and it's great. He loves it because he's a very competitive player. Right. But my play style um, doesn't, I, I'm happy to play a game. I don't need to win. I, I like, I have fun reg- usually regardless of if I win or lose. I mean, it obviously depends on the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, it never just, it doesn't appeal to me in that aspect. Um, the same reason why maybe I, I'm not into video game tournaments either. Okay. Um, but I mean, you've played magic tournaments, right? I have. I played back in the day. I was played a lot of magic tournaments. And that, and so that I'm assuming that appeals to you on that aspect of, um, I think you kind of like alluded to it. I mean, we talk about it, but like when you were saying your big problem with Apex is like, you feel like you're doing sufficient enough to be winning and you're not. And I don't, I don't even necessarily know that, that I feel like I'm doing sufficient to be winning and I'm not. It's if I feel like I should be, but I don't know why i'm not like there's not that feedback of like had x happened you could have done y and then you'd be good or because you didn't do y you lost this thing like that's the feedback i'm looking for which in magic typically when you would go back in a magic tournament or when you play a hand and it would not work out the way you did or you play a sequence of plays you're like oh crap had i done xyz or now that i have the information from that other player seeing how they react i probably should have done this other thing you don't get that necessarily in Apex right now. I think that will right. come. Like, I think that the longer that this game stays popular, just like the longer Fortnite stayed popular, like you will get the really, and you're already starting to see it. Like there's maps out there that show you like where the highest, like good drops are and like where the best place to drop in is. And like, kind of like those things are starting to come out. And I think that will come. But for me right now, it's like, okay, this didn't work out. I don't feel like it was a mechanical issue as far as my aim went. So what was it that yeah. they did that I don't am not sure of that resulted in me not winning that fight? So I think that's, that's what I mean. Like for me, like when I play Apex, I just like like I'm not saying that you don't like the experience, but like when we, when we don't win or when I don't win uh, or get first place, like obviously I would love to get first place, but I'm I'm just kind of like hey, fourth place, that's awesome. Like I feel great, but I think that's the difference maybe between how I view tournaments in board gaming and cards and kind of how like you do, because um, there was something else you said a while back where like you, you like to, there was a board game and I can't think of it was, it was a card game, but you like to figure out um, how to like, I don't, I don't want to say perfect, but how to like be the most proficient in what you're doing. Oh, I min-max every... I try to figure out, like, yeah, yeah. what is the... I try to min-max games when I play them, for sure. Yeah, and you were telling me you were playing a game with your wife, and you could uh, you could get it, so you always get the, like, the maximum points, and... Yep. So, like, I feel like that's the difference between what my tournament would look like and maybe what yours would look like. I don't really know what, what you'd be looking for in creating a tournament. Well, I think that's the, the big thing, though, right? Well, when, it, when it comes to board games and specifically the reason i like card games is anytime there's like an engine building aspect or when you're trying to create synergy and something i like to explore all of the areas that those things can happen in like what are all the different types of synergies that exist what are all the different engines you can build and then yeah do i want to know what the best one is sure i definitely want to know what the best one is but for me while i really like to win i really like doing cool stuff more okay so if i could figure out a way to do something cool (laughs) <laughs> Great. But if I can't figure out a way to do something cool, then I'm going to try to do 
then I'm going to try to win, right? So that's where, like, when I played Magic, you know, I I like I didn't I didn't do these decks very often because people didn't like playing against them, and I didn't want to make somebody else's day not fun. But I enjoyed exploring the unusual ways of winning, right? Like, could you deck someone so they had, weren't able to draw so they lose the game? Like, nobody likes playing against mill decks; they're not fun to play against. So, like. Yes, I thought that was a cool thing, but I also do that might wreck other people's experiences in the tournament. And I think that's one thing video games do well in the sense of, well, you know, there are going to be guns that are better or strategies that are better or, you know, metas that are better, but you can change those, right? You can tweak how a gun fires. You can tweak how well armor absorbs damage like you can tweak those things that if there's something that's unfun going around you can fix that pretty quickly magic yes they have banned cards they have restricted cards they have all of those things but in general in board games like rules erratas don't happen all that much and when they do it's usually because something is like completely broken not because something maybe is just a little unfun so that's for me i think the bigger issue when it comes to like creating competitive quote-unquote board games or a competitive board game ideas like is it how much of it is like maxim min maxing the game and trying to figure out the best strategy how much of is it though especially with there's games with a lot of interaction how much is it though like reducing the fun of the other players right, right? that's like what mildex did was like oh this is fun this isn't fun at all like i'm not doing anything you're just taking all my cards away and woohoo this is great or like the ridiculous combo decks that would exist in magic like the other person's playing solitaire like you're not doing anything they're just like out right. there playing like 30 cards and you're like oh that was fun I- i'm glad i got to do something yeah you know so i think that is what you run into with board games is how do you create something where in video games if you know person a has x things and person b has x things then it comes down to who's better person a or person b in board games, very rarely do person A and person B have X things. Person A probably has X and person B has Y, yeah. but is X better than Y? And if so, isn't that person just at an advantage? So, yeah. But I think about like competitive board games and I think of things that I've seen on my television. Like, have you ever played the yard game Cube? Mm-hmm, no. <laughs> okay. So there's a yard game called Cube. Okay. It is, it's actually really fun. I really like playing Cube. It's a good time. It's K U U B. Uh, it's like this, it was, is based off like this ancient, like, I think <laughs> potentially, um, like Viking game where they would like throw like bones at skulls and stuff. Like it's, that's what they say the lore of it is. But anyway, like on one of the local, uh, sports channels, like the Kube national championships were on television. So like I was watching Coob and my wife's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm watching Coob. Like, this is awesome. But I figure like if Coob can have be on television, why there's gotta be space for board games to be on television, like competitive board games to be on television, right? Yes. And you you're kind of nailing the point I was gonna make um with this being something it can just be a tournament. We're trying to get it to be a league. Right. Which means you uh, ultimately want people to watch this and everything you said a hundred percent i agree with which is why it would have to be dexterity games it would 100 percent have to be flip ships maple circus beasts of balance it would uh clask it would have to be a dexterity game where it's not it's more than just board game skill it's physical skill to some aspect 
So now Kyle's better at flipping ships than me. He's going to be like drafted before me or picked first, if you will. Like it has to be something that people can relate to not knowing board games. Like if I'm my dad and I'm watching TV and I scroll by someone playing magic on TV, I'm going to keep flipping the channel. But if for some reason I flip by a channel and someone's like stacking a cow on an elephant, I might be like, what is happening? And I might stop for a second and then I might watch what's happening. Or like if they're doing the um, uh, catch the moon game, I I can see it, but I can't see the name where you're stacking the ladders on top of each other Mm -hmm. or Tokyo highway where you're doing these things that are generally, genuinely exciting to watch or participate in. I think it would have to be something like that. And I think the problem with board gamers is they would say that that's not a board game. Gotcha. <laughs> the elite the elite board gamers. Be like, gotcha. I'm not going to watch board game league because they just play dexterity games. <laughs> so, and I realized once I said it, Kube is K-U-B-B, not K-U-U-B. So anyway, but usually everyone should t- check out Kube. It, it is actually a really fun hard game. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it a lot. It's a good time. But... So here's my idea. I'm going to tell you the first idea I had when it came to brainstorming, like what could potentially be a competitive table, like a competitive tabletop league that might, that might be in a situation where people would be able to relate that most people would know the game. They'd understand the general aspects of what the game are. You'd have to like put some parameters on some parts of the game because there's some negotiations some other things that can happen there so you have to like put some restrictions maybe on some time limits on some things but i think having professional monopoly run like because then at first uh, uh, stick with me here i I saw i saw the look (laughs) stick with me here but it's run like it's run like the world series of poker so every day at the end of each day whoever wins each table takes all of the money that they got and they move on to the next table. So you have a whole bunch of tables that start. And then as you whittle through, you're combining tables and you're combining tables and you're combining tables down to who has the most money at the end. And every time they combine tables, you just start with the money you have, but you lose all your property, you lose everything else, but you start with your money. Interesting. So, and that's then you start rolling, moving. You can make trades, you can make deals, you can do things like that. But that's kind of the the process you go through. And then eventually you get to this final table of Monopoly and where you have like the really fancy board with, you know, some official who's there, who's officially moving the pieces for everyone. Um, I think that might be a way if we were going to get like, if, if the World Series of Poker can be on ESPN, yes, I feel like the World Series of Monopoly might have a chance as well. It's what not a terrible you? idea. It's not a terrible idea. Uh, the problem, I'm not going to pick it apart because no, pick it apart. That, I would want be, to pick it apart. that wouldn't be good. But uh, the, I think the biggest hurdle uh, you would ha- face is everyone would have to relearn how to play Monopoly by the rules. Yeah, because nobody plays Monopoly by the rules in the rule book. That's true. Everyone has their own house rules. Well, but I think you know that just like just like in other games, or at least in like Magic, like there are like the rules enforcement level of how strict they are with the rules hmm. changes depending on the event you're participating in for Magic. Yeah, yeah. 
And I think it'd be a similar thing that if like you get to the point where you're like, I'm playing in like the World Series of Monopoly, you are going to be held to the strict standard of the rules that exist. You know, so that doesn't mean you have to like, I, I think the I think there's going to be a very select group of people who are really into this, probably yeah. like the same group of people who competitively play Scrabble, you know? Yeah, yeah. Not that it would be an overlap, but just similar how it'd be a very distinct community. But I think it might be a cool thing of like trying to build like the ultimate Monopoly tournament and seeing, you know, have people do uh, X amount of dollar buy-in just like they do with the World Series of Poker. Probably don't do like $10,000 like theirs is, I think, like maybe do like 100 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> and just say like, hey, do you want to play a weekend of Monopoly or maybe a, a, a couple hours of Monopoly for $100? And we'll see how it goes. I think it's in, it's funny. It's interesting. I think it's a great idea, but it's funny that you picked like the most hated board game among, among all board game players. Right. Uh, <laughs> but I was trying to think of something that the general public... Yeah. Like yeah. everyone knows what Monopoly yes, you're is, absolutely right? right. Yeah. In general. Yep. Yeah. No, I think it's a great idea, actually. Um, um, smart. And maybe we'll get these kids to stop playing this, like, debit card Monopoly games that keep coming <laughs> out. Put them back to paper money. I think that'd be important. So did you have, like, I know you said when you saw this topic, you're like, I don't think this is going to work. Did you have anything that you came up with that you thought might be a good type of competitive game? Or competitive I mean, league. The first, I mean, for the league, the first thing I thought of was it would have to be like tiered um, as far as like styles of games. So like you'd have like a over like a, a all encompassing league, but there'd be like league play where, like I said, it'd be like dexterity games, mm-hmm. like grouped out into different categories. Um, but for games, like the first thing I thought of was smash up or guardians like a style of um game where you can play 1v1 uh instead of instead of the option for teams or for like one-on-one-on-one kind of style um but like i questioned the watchability of that which i unless you have the people talking through what they're doing and why i don't know that you're gonna want commentators like you do have for like overwatch league like calling play-by-play on like a board game i mean you do for magic yeah and and it's not i mean in my opinion it's not awesome <laughs> <laughs> i i mean i think both you have I to think, have a lot of knowledge for so when you watch magic yes it's hard it is very tough to grok if you don't already know how to play you need to know what they're saying mm-hmm. and it's not for the even for me someone who has played magic I still don't understand half of what they're talking about, which is just because playing magic is like staying up to date uh, with technology, like computer technology. Right. The second you stop, you're lost. Mm -hmm. It evolves every three months. It keeps changing. So the terminology itself is just overwhelming. Um, But I, I still think like you could find something in the dexterity thing and you could even include yard games in that, as well because they're still technically dexterity games right um just no theme <laughs> necessarily cool um, has a theme yeah it does that well you could it could be a history lesson also um but yeah and i didn't go, i didn't get to like as in depth as like i think your example for mon- the monopoly thing was great um i just didn't i couldn't um picture the bigger picture when i was thinking of it like I didn't see the production of it. I just figured you would need to have this type of game 
to have to be played. Like I'm like, what will my grandparents like to watch? Right. Like, so here's my here is my idea if you did a smash up league. Yeah. I think smash up has some cool options because I when I think of smash up, I think a lot of like putting it in the context of like a MOBA where like before the game starts. So like magic has team events, right? Where it's three versus three, and like each one is playing like one of them is playing standard, one of them is playing like extended, and the other one's playing like legacy or so they're each playing a different format, right? Rather than doing that, you do three versus three. But then at the beginning of the game, at the beginning of the round, you have a you have a um, ban and um, like save phase where like you can ban like it's every different faction in Smash Ups available. And then you get to be like, oh, we're going to ban this faction. And the other team's like, okay, well, we're going to save. Well, actually, you usually do your your saves first, but you're going to save X and save Y. And then we're going to ban this one, this one, and this one. So, like, you're yeah. trying to figure out, like, okay, what if we know the other players and, like, maybe what they're good at or what their tendencies are or what they like to play in Smash Up, then we, like, ban the factions that they're best at or that they're most yeah. well-known for. You know, even though they might be able to save one of them, they won't be able to save both of them to make, like, their combo right. or whatever it is. And I think something like that is for a game like Smash Up would be pretty sweet in adding a little something-something extra to what the game is, right? Yeah, that would be cool. So... That's that's my thoughts for that. Okay, I had one other game that I thought about that I, I was like, you know, it'd be really fun to do this. And I don't actually know that it would be really fun, but I could imagine that it might be really fun. So I was thinking, again, trying to think of games that most people have played, at least in the, in the US or are generally aware of. Um, I would like to see a competitive sorry <laughs> tournament. But here's the, here's the twist on it, right? So similar to the World Series of Poker idea with um, Monopoly. Wow, I blanked for a second there. (laughs) With Monopoly, I feel like you could go one of two ways with Sari. Number one, you could do it where that like when you knock a player out, like you keep their piece. And then like when you start the next round, like you have like your four pieces plus however many you knocked out. (laughs) So that you could be like rocking like 12 piece sorry, right? Yeah. That'd be pretty sweet. The other yeah, option crazy. obviously would just be it's a regular tournament where you just like if you win, you move on and then everyone starts the same. But I think keeping pieces would be really awesome. So then you could just be like, oh, yeah, I'm just gonna like start people and move four back and start people and move four back again. <laughs> it's like that'd be so awesome. There'd obviously be some rules things that we need to figure out, but I think that'd be right. really cool. <laughs> so you have like nine pieces running around the board. I think that'd be a good time. Four plus. So, yeah. Sorry, where you get to keep pieces after you do it and you move on to new boards. That's one thing. But I also think another potential option is when you look at people who do like tabletop RPGs. Yeah. That like have shows and things like that. Like, granted, that's an RPG. It's done for story. Uh, It's done in the way to, you know, entertain rather than to be competitive but if you took something along those same lines and then you applied it to like pathfinder the adventure card game right and the focus being though on people being efficient like how who is able to be the most efficient on their way through you know x y or z um yeah like mission. you have the team yeah like who's who's most efficient as you're moving through and like if you have multiple teams competing like how many cards did they go through how many moves did it take how many different locations did they have to go to and figuring out some sort of awesome algorithm i'm sure exists about like okay which team was the most efficient knowing that like oh 
since there's some deck shuffling and some placement things that are going to be different in that game, like the guy you're looking for might be on the bottom of one team's deck and on the second card from the top on the other teams. Like, how do you compensate and give um, some sort of, you know, fairness into like, oh, you know, you had X number of more cards to go through. Henceforth, you get like certain amount of points back, if you would, in order to kind of balance things out to have some sort of system to keep it as equitable as possible. So I think doing something like that might be kind of cool too, because not only would you have a storytelling aspect that people could get into, but then you also have the, okay, we want to tell the story. We want to get people invested into the characters and the players, but then you also still have a competitive aspect of like, yes, we're taking this seriously, not only because we care about the game, but because we want to do the best we can because we want to win too. We could do like a pyramid structure too. So the most value, like you have like 10 games going and then after the 10 are over, you take the top 10 people from each team and put them into parties. And then the top MVPs of that, you vote on an MVP from that group until you get to the winner of all of them. Look at this. We're like, we're, we're setting the board game world <laughs> and RPG world on fire with these ideas. Man, I think we got this down. I think we should start the board with video games, competitive board game network. Yeah. <laughs> Set up <laughs> tournaments all across the country. <laughs> and I think it's important to note that obviously like game manufacturers and publishers do and support competitive games. Mm. And, you know, like especially like Fantasy Flight with like Star Wars and things like that. Like there are a lot of tournaments that exist out there. And there are some games that probably maybe are not super meant for, for tournament. But I think having like a competitive pitch car like league or circuit would be pretty sweet yeah so anyway hey that is our topic of the show this week competitive board games do you think we should do more of them did you like any of the ideas well that i talked about a lot (laughs) let us know talk to us on the social media and because we would love to talk about any ideas you have for competitive board gaming josh that's me we have some sad news don't we well i mean it depends on how you look at it (laughs) <laughs> how do you look at it um the show is like five minutes shorter <laughs> <laughs> that's true the show will be a few minutes shorter so unfortunately maybe not unfortunately because we we're recording on monday we didn't do our usual social media outbursts as we usually do for questions and things like that this week so we have no questions from listeners this week but that's okay just remember, you can always hit us up at Twitter at board with VG and let us know the things you want us to talk about yeah. so with that we will seamlessly move into a well-rounded life while we are clearly a gaming podcast we want to give you one recommendation suggestion thing we are talking about a thing we are into talking about with friends covering right now that's helping us live a well-rounded life so josh what is your recommendation sir what are you into right now well first i'll say i took paul's advice from last week uh and i went out and i bought myself uh i almost said an adult toy so i just did say it but i bought myself a toy as an adult and i got myself a donatello original teenage mutant ninja turtles figure from gamestop because all the other ones in stores are like the new weird cartoon looking ones oh yeah yeah but i legitimately took paul's advice and i i was out with the family i looked for toys by myself in target in walmart in Barnes and Noble, in my local game store. I'm just like, I never do this, but I'm just perusing toys right now. <laughs> Nothing really like caught my attention. And then I was in GameStop and I stumbled across the Cloud Amiibo, which I really wanted to get. I mm-hmm. don't have a lot of Amiibos. I have 
four now, including that cloud. So I had to get that. And then I saw those Ninja Turtles sitting up behind the counter. And I'm like, give me one of those, please. <laughs> <laughs> and one of those. So I took positive risk, and that's what I did. So he's standing right in between my monitors. It's a cool figure. Very well done. And now I have that. Awesome. I don't have all those Transformers that Paul has. Um, and my advice, which I may have given previously, but I don't remember if I did, is uh, read a book, right? Why not? Read a book. I'll give you some recommendations. <laughs> I was going to just ask, do you have any book you'd recommend? <laughs> well, I just got... Um, I Kickstarter, I Kickstarted a board game book, which I'm excited to read. I have not read that yet, um, but it's on my nightstand. Oh, I have that but, book too. Um, I just, I've been trying to find these books. It's the Chaos Walking Trilogy. Uh, I haven't been able to find them in hardcover because I prefer hardcover for collectible reasons. Well, I've, and I ended up ordering them on eBay because I just, for whatever reason, didn't think to look. They're library versions of the books. So I got them for like three bucks each which I'm happy for that. Um, and uh, it's by Patrick Ness. He's the author. Um, the first book is called The Knife of Never Letting Go. And then there's um, The Ask and the Answer is the second book. And Monsters of Men is the third book. Uh, they are making this into a movie series, uh, which is another reason why I want to get these now so I don't have to buy the books with uh, the picture of the movie on the cover. Um the movie's going to have uh, Tom Holland, a.k.a. Spider-Man, and Daisy Ridley, a.k.a. Ray, in the movie. I'm very excited for it. Um, but uh, I I read or listened to them on Audible as a recommendation from a friend, and I loved it. So I, say, I would say check that out. And speaking of Star Wars, I would recommend a J.J. Abrams book called Ship of the... Th- Theseus or Theseus. I, I'm probably saying it wrong. Um, and that book is um, an adventure because when you read the book, it is full of um, things, clues, paperwork, postcards, notes in the book, as well as the book is written as if you're reading a book that someone else took and then wrote notes in and then someone else read the book after that person and also wrote notes in it so the notes are in different colors so like i think like the first person to read it wrote in blue and then the second person wrote it in red and then there's some parts where they like found each other when after they checked it out and you're unraveling this like mystery while you're reading the book so uh, it's definitely a heavier thing to get into but um there's four books that i recommend you check out (laughs) awesome very very cool so read some books books are good i have that board game book as well that i probably should get to reading and i have not opened it up yet but (laughs) i do want to read it so that's up there um my recommendation this week you know one thing i'm going to recommend as a side thing uh number one if you are not on our discord which is over on psvg Mm. I recommend that you do it. We had what I thought was a wonderful discussion in there today, specifically about the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. And, you know, we talk about games a lot, and but we get into some really, I think, very interesting, deep, thoughtful discussions about just things that are gaming related, things that are not gaming related, things that are heavy, things that are not heavy. Like, it's just a really cool place to hang out. And I thought our discussion today on Bohemian Rhapsody, I thought was pretty great. Uh, but I'm going to recommend a different movie 
it is imagine that a documentary <laughs> because i do like those a lot and that is won't you be my neighbor it is a documentary i watched it on hbo uh, you might be able to get it elsewhere but it is a documentary about mr rogers and in a world right now where you know things are sometimes a little rough and maybe not going the way we want them to all the time uh hearing mr rogers take on things and him talking about things and just the way he approached life the way he approached kids is something that i think is we forget about i you know we have a whole generation of of folks who grew up on mr rogers and actually really a couple generations of people who grew up on mr rogers and there definitely was especially like in the late 90s and early thousands some pushback on his message of like you are special like just be you being you you know and that's where a lot of people got the idea that like oh the quote-unquote millennials they just think they're you know mr rogers ruined them by telling them they're all special yada 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 and I think one thing that's really profound that you learn by watching this documentary is just hearing him. He did a lot of graduation speeches before he passed away and all those things. But just hearing him talk about like what he means by that is that you don't need to be profound to be worthy of love. And I think that's just like the biggest thing of like what he was trying to get across was that you don't need to be an astronaut or whoever high profiles be worthy of the love of others. And that's really what he means, means by like, you are special. And I think just really like listening to all of that, hearing him talk about, you know, the folks who are around him talk about like when nine 11 happened, his reaction to that, when they had him come back and do more specials, the cast and the crew that he worked with, why he did things the way he did, why he never showed up in the land of make believe, like all of these things that are just very, Interesting. They also address a lot of the rumors about like him being in the Marines and him having like a whole bunch of tattoos. <laughs> and that's why he wore the sweaters and stuff. But it's just a really well done documentary with some really interesting insight into who he was as a man and why he did the things he did. And that he, it, you know, for all intents and purposes, seems like he was just a really genuinely good person. And, you know, sometimes in a world that can sometimes be hard to see, look on the bright side, it is sometimes nice to go and just, you know, listen to and hear stories about someone who, from all accounts, was just a really great person. So nice. That's what I would recommend. Like I said, Won't You Be My Neighbor, the documentary about Mr. Rogers. Josh, what do you say we wrap up this show? Sounds like a great idea. Thanks for joining us, everyone, as usual. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate uh, in more long form or you're not feeling social media, feel free to email us at boardwithvg at gmail.com. Uh, we tag our stuff with the hashtag, hashtag Board with Fiji. So you should as well. Uh, whatever you're up to, just let us know. We like seeing uh, what's going on. And uh, even if it's not board game related, we know that you guys are active uh, community members. So we enjoy seeing that. Um, remember, whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. Uh, that is whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our own standalone board with video games feed. Uh, you can find me on Xbox or PlayStation at Why So Serious. That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, that switch code, it's still there. Maybe because if I start playing Tetris 99, maybe I'll share it. I only downloaded yeah. it. I haven't played it yet. Yeah, I don't know that you can add people. You can't play with friends? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I never tried. I don't. I have very few friends on Switch because I never know what my Switch code is either. <laughs> all right, Kyle. Well, speaking of that, where can people find you? So you can find me in all the usual places. Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.